0: want to prepare my son to be out in the world with the best of my mistakes. It's okay to fall down. It's okay to fail. But if you fall down, fall on your back. Because if you can look up, you can get up. I want my son to realize structure, discipline, faith, and determination will take you farther than anything in life. This is episode three of the
1: Android Strength Podcast with Joshua Cole. Welcome to the Android Strength Podcast. Every day, ordinary people sacrifice everything to transform their bodies. They commit their lives to push themselves beyond the limit. They're on a journey to become extraordinary. These are their stories. Here's your host, Mark Mulzer. Joshua Cole might never be on the cover of a bodybuilding magazine. He might never break weightlifting records. He might never be a pro-physique athlete. To everyone else, Josh might be just another ordinary man. But in the eyes of his nine-year-old son, Jonathan David, he is his personal superhero. At 28 years old, the single dad from a farm in Midland, Odessa, has seen and experienced a lot of ups and downs. In this episode, Josh grants us a raw, unfiltered view into the extraordinary life that shaped him into the man he is today. The most important things in Joshua's life are his faith and his son. Joshua wants to show his son that in life, anything is possible. So, after getting divorced from his wife and moving to Austin, Joshua decided he wanted to prepare for the first bodybuilding competition in his life. Staying in fit and healthy is one thing, but... Prepping for a natural physique show is a whole different story. So listen to this episode to get tips from Josh on how to create and follow a plan, how to find motivation to reach your goals, and how to persevere through personal hardships and times of disparity. He shares with us the importance of not giving up once you hit rock bottom. He gives us tips on how to look forward and how to move forward after a setback. Josh's message is much bigger than teaching us how to become healthy and fit. He shows us that structure, discipline, faith, and determination will take you farther in life than anything else. You have to take responsibilities for your life. He trusts in God and believes that doing positive things for others will create positive things in your life. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to it on iTunes. Let us know what you think in the comments And head over to AndroidStrength.com for more contents and more interesting stories. All right, we are here with Joshua Cole today. How's it going, man? It's going great. You're excited about uh, recording your life story?
0: Excited, nervous. <laughs> it's,
1: there's no pain involved. I, I no, promise. There's no. no pain
0: involved. Just knowing me, there's no no telling what's gonna come <laughs> out. Yeah,
1: I'm 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 telling you one thing. Like uh, when when you called me yesterday and you said, "Hey, we're gonna record today," I said, "I don't know if I can after working out with Ed." And <laughs> <laughs> so That's here, a very viable thing. <laughs> I'm still sore from from deadlifting yesterday. That's crazy. So uh, you know, but one I wanted to talk about really is just kind of about you and your life story a little bit but um when i first i think when i first met you in the gym i think it was with your son yeah i remember that and uh i thought how cool is that It's like a dad going to the gym like a hardcore gym no less Yeah, with the son golds <laughs> yeah, there's no babysitting <laughs> camps in there <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like usually people go to the gym to drop the kids off somewhere so they can do whatever they need to do. But here you are working out with your son and something to the effect like, have you done your push-ups yet? Or, or, or it seems like you had him on some kind of a regimen even or something like that.
0: Yes and no. He, he'll come up and ask for snacks. And I'll be like, if you're are you gonna pay for them with your allowance? No. <laughs> okay, then give me twenty push-ups. That is you awesome. Know, that you got to awesome. make them earn it. <laughs> that is awesome.
1: How cool is that though? Like, I mean, I didn't really set a foot in the gym until I was much older, and these were pretty intimidating places. But I guess if you bring them young enough, then it just becomes part of you know their life, I guess, and they they don't have any fears anymore about going in a place like this. And
0: now, uh, you know, my parents taught me at a young age. To, they introduced me to a lot of aspects of life, you know, different things, and it's just the same thing with him. You know, I take him everywhere. It's he and I, so there's nowhere else for him to go but with me. So he's just gonna have to adapt. Right.
1: Right. What's his name?
0: Jonathan David.
1: Jonathan David. Cool. And how old are you, Jonathan?
0: Nine. He's nine. <laughs> he's nine. He's talking into his still, own sti- Yeah. <laughs>
1: still, still very young. That's cool. Well, awesome. I, I I think that's sort of sparked my interest and in like who's this guy, right? Sort of you know, has has this kid with him working out pretty hard, and then uh, through Ed we we started chatting a little bit and got to know a little bit more. And I thought, man, I, what a, what a cool story! But um, so tell me a little bit about uh, you know what you're doing right now, what's what's going on in your life uh, with regards to lifting. I think you're you're preparing for a show right now.
0: Yeah, we. Uh we decided to do the uh, Texas State in November this year. Um, after after some other circumstances happened, we we've decided to take a little bit more time to grow, both financially and physically, uh, before committing full fledged to doing something like that. So, um, what is
1: the Texas State for people who don't know? That's like a bodybuilding show. Yeah, it's a it's
0: a it's ran by the NPC um, National Physique Committee. It's uh, the Texas State Championship National Qualifier. Uh, they'll have the women's and the men's physique classes, um, and that's actually up in Mesquite this year. Okay, which is uh, DFW where
1: I'm from. So. <laughs> okay, you're coming down down here to Austin from Dallas. So, so uh, how does that work though? So, you you um, this is a physique show. How is it? Dif- is that different from bodybuilding? Is it the same thing? Or, you know? What, yes
0: and no. Different. I mean, from my from my learnings in this, you know, the physique is more just about the uh, conditioning and the The aesthetics, not necessarily how big you can get and, you know, how big your bicep is and symmetrical you are. It's more about just being athletic and in shape for my take on it. And that's kind of the point of view I'm taking at this, you know. Um, You got to look the best in your eye. It doesn't matter. In my opinion, it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks I look like. In my opinion, I know I'm going to look the best whenever the time comes and how I feel like I should look in that class
1: so so when when you first um is this your first show ever if you have you done anything like this before no
0: never done anything like this oh, man, before. how it's, scary is that it's pretty nerve-wracking honestly <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna get up there and just stand there and expect people to judge the what you have put together and what you have built you know it's pretty nerve-wracking as far as wanting to do the best you can
1: so how do you even get started
0: on something like this you, you um, just sort of you one day you decide hey i'm gonna do this and Yes and no. I mean, it's something I've thought about, you know, watching Ronnie Coleman videos back in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, you know, and watching him win all that. I was like, man, if I ever got into a sport like that, you know, I'd want to get on that level. I'd want to compete. And if I ever chose to start lifting weights or anything like that, I'd want to take it all the way. But I've always been like a, all the way in type of guy. There's no half foot halfway in the door or anything like that. You know, you're either in or you're out. Right. And you know, I, this has taken on recently um maybe less than a year ago kind of started throwing the idea around and and talking to some different people about doing it and what what it takes to get there and um the steps and the food intake and the you know the supplements and all that stuff and putting it all together and just growing day by day and getting more knowledge has led to hey let's you know i could actually do this right you know and, and how much more time do you have to prepare for that? Mm, since, since Ed and I decided to not do this Texas State this year, I think uh, we're going to try and grow through the rest of the year and pick something out maybe December, January okay. next year to hit. Uh, I'd like to hit something early in the year to mid part of the year. Right, right, right. Next year. Um, so that's a pretty, pretty um –
1: it takes a lot of preparation. It's not like you, some of those. I'm thinking about those traditional like body transformation type things. Like every January, you know. Oh yeah. You know, Twenty four hour res- fitness. Yeah, everybody's like, hey, three months is- body mm-hmm. body
0: transformation. This is not like that, is it? No, no. You. I mean, yes. Everybody's body's different. So some people are gonna react differently to certain programs, you know. But uh, you know, all these resolutioners go to Gold's Gym or. LA fitness. Hey, we'll do a 12 week boot camp with you and you'll lose this amount of pounds. Like yes and no. Like it just, it's all upon you. If you're going to get in there and put in the work both in the gym and outside the gym, right? But don't expect to just wake up one day and all of a sudden, bam, you're down 10 pounds. (laughs) You know, this isn't some magic pill. This is, this is hard work and dedication. Right. And, but you,
1: would you say though, that there's a pretty straightforward path on how to get there? I mean, what are are you trying to achieve in terms of like numbers are there certain
0: specific goals you're tracking like a body fat percentage like a certain body weight no not really not not at this particular time Um, Ed's told me to stay off the scale because mentally I, I get real overworked about numbers and stuff like that so we just take pictures once a week okay and just watch the transformation of your body not necessarily the number on the scale because you're going to fluctuate right daily and i would notice that i'd go in one day and be 210 the next day go in i'm 207 because i missed a meal or something you know i was outside working all day and didn't get enough water in and and that was just like mentally draining keeping track of all those numbers i was like no we threw that to the side real quick at least at this stage at this early stage and what hopes to be a career you know long term wise right not just the hobby <laughs> right. but but uh if you were to go let's
1: say uh, let's say you were ready to today and the show were tomorrow what, what what does it look like to go to a show like this do you have any idea of what's what what to expect uh, what what people are looking for i mean there's some some sort of picture
0: in your mind of, of where you want to be a little bit yeah i mean i've gone to a few shows um i'm gonna go to the adela garcia this weekend and watch some of the girls from Metroflex compete. and uh, But f- as far as all that goes, you know, I've had a few conversations with posing coaches and what they're expecting for weigh-ins and stuff like that. But I don't know where I'm going to be at at that time nah. period right now, you know. So th- you you're just sort of throwing yourself at it
1: to yeah. see you know what happens hit or miss you know <laughs> that's awesome I mean that that takes that takes a lot of guts to, to commit to something that perhaps is not so clear in your mind of what it's going to be exactly so early though. yeah
0: you know it's challenging because like what am I where am I going to be at this time period I have no earthly idea I'm just taking it day by day right now right you know meal my meal my meal by meal there we go right.
1: But would you say, though, that as, as far as, like, lifting is concerned, that's something you've done all your life? Is is, is that fairly oh, new to you? Oh, gosh, or? no. <laughs> Tell me a little
0: um, bit about that. High school football, yes. You know, we'd lift weights every day. Um, when I got out of high school, it was just – I threw all of it away. I was like, whatever. I'm going to go party. I'm out of high school. I don't have any, a coach telling me what to do right now, you know. And I didn't start lifting again from – I was 18 till probably – Twenty five. I didn't touch a weight. Wow. That's and a long time. Yeah. This
1: is. Yeah. Sort of hey seven
0: I'm- years of just <laughs> fluctuating and lots of alcohol and being young and dumb and 21 and eating whatever I wanted. But I was always skinny. I've always had a really high metabolism, so I never got truly overweight. But uh, my best friend moved in with me when about I was 25, I want to say. And he's always been a pretty dedicated lifter. Nothing never looking to compete he just enjoys the just going to the gym and taking his frustration out and having some decent muscles to show off you know when he goes to the pool but and so I got in with him for about eight months to a year maybe and uh he ended up moving out of the house and to another city and I maintained it for a little bit and ended up moving away from the gym I was going to to a different side of town and kind of threw it away i was like i'll pick it back up here in a few weeks once i get settled in and it just never happened again right you know and i think uh see i'm 28 now about to be 29 um about a year and a half ago almost i had gotten divorced and came down here to austin actually because i was living in fort worth for the tcu ut game mm-hmm. on thanksgiving day uh, it was my best friend's birthday and we're you know we're uh tailgating drinking you know and I'd been divorced, maybe separated, divorced uh, about two or three months, and we're sitting there drinking, and my best friend goes, "Hey, dude, you're getting kind of fat." I was like, "What do you mean?" You don't want he to hear like, that. Nobody wants to hear that. I no, is a
1: good. Must have been a pretty good friend of yours. Yeah,
0: you know, I'm sitting there in a button-down shirt, and he's like, "Yeah, you're getting a beer belly, man. We need to do something about this." You okay, know, good friends. <laughs> I was like, "Well, thanks a lot." You know, but all right, I kind of see where you're coming from, and. Not even three weeks later, I'd gotten back up to Fort Worth, started working again, and it started sinking. I was like, "Man, I am single again now. You know, I can't be looking like this, trying to get back in the dating world. You know, some whenever I need to or want to." But I found a gym in Arlington, Pantego actually, called uh, Texas Fit. Uh, real cool guys. The owners really cool, down to earth, humble people. Um, kind of like a individually owned version of uh, like an Anytime Fitness. Nothing mm-hmm. extraordinary, but they had nice equipment, new you know, decent crowd and got in there first day I joined, I think I weighed 247 That's mm-hmm. six foot tall, but it was like well over, it was like 30 something percent body fat. You know, it was, it was pretty bad for <laughs> in my opinion, right. You know, given where I'm at now and all that, but and I've been going straight ever since then. Uh, so December 14th of, uh, 2014 till today, it's literally just been working your butt off. And I think uh, when I moved here July 31st of 2015, I got on the scale at Gold's because I wanted to go work out when I moved here. And it was that first day. I was like, all right, got to find a gym. Went to Gold's, weighed in at 178. Oh, wow. So Like you know, 70 that, pounds. Yeah, in that eight months, literally just dieting and eating right and following certain nutrition plans that literally I just got from a couple buddies and researched on the Internet. Nobody – Nobody told me what to do. I literally just started throwing my own stuff together off of watching all the YouTube videos. Ronnie Coleman back in the day. And
1: what do you mean like no HCG, no, no, no. And I was fat burner. No, it was literally just protein, protein and <laughs> amino. Okay. Uh, I
0: think I was taking a Cytosport at the time. That that uh, protein powder and some amino acid that I just picked up at the gym. The like, guy was like, "Hey, try this out." There's no pre workouts. It was literally just the bare necessities. You know, trying to to burn more calories than i was intaking at first just to knock some of that weight down and doing two two sessions of cardio every day one in the morning one before the gym then lift weights and then go home and eat right so th- so this whole time while well, as you're doing that you're not really tracking any goal,
1: you're just no, working just, out. Are you are you weighing yourself? Are you tracking your progress? Yeah. You I mean everybody has a Fitbit now and you have to track everything in your phone and then you have to post it on Facebook.
0: Did you do any of that? No. I mean I tracked it on my phone. I use that uh, what was that app? BodySpace. It bodybuilding dot They have an app where you can get like workout programs and it's all free and you can track like what your goal weight is and it'll give you like what you need to do. As far as uh, numbers wise, what you want to lose every week, you know, and keep track of it. And every day I went to the gym, I'd weigh myself, log that number, and it would tell me, hey, you're up a pound or you're down half a pound or whatever. And I did that for like eight months straight. Wow. Just tracking it. That is really, really good consistency. I didn't, I wasn't tracking my food. I just knew, hey, you got to eat healthy. And so brown rice, fish, some veggies. Uh, some different shakes you know fruit shakes and veggie shakes uh, i was juicing like crazy i was trying to follow every little fad to lose weight <laughs> you know but without going too extreme with it right. i wanted to stay as natural as possible of course of course even to this day I still want to you know just the bare necessities
1: but i mean that is that is pretty compressed time frame though i mean you had gone through a major life change yeah, I mean, you Huge had, you, had you 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 know you had your your son already. Mm-hmm. You're 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 in in Dallas, I guess. You're working, obviously. You have a lot. You have you know, I guess school. You have to drop your son off and pick yeah. him up and go to school recitals and parent teacher conferences and I don't know, play dates and birthday parties and all that. And how all did you fit, how did you fit all of that in and to, to be so consistent? I mean, it, it, it's hard for me and I, you know, I, we, I have a cat and a dog and, and a wife, you know, it, it's, we are pretty busy, but yeah. I don't, I don't have near the commitment that you have and the responsibility. And I'm, I fall off the bandwagon like eight weeks and you less at eight months and going still with all this.
0: It's all your mentality you know um you gotta want it you know when i'm working out with uh guys at the gym andreas eric gino i'm like you gotta want it there's nothing else to it i mean uh you truly deep down have to want to lose that weight or to grow that muscle or uh get better conditioned um there's not this whole i'm gonna i'm gonna do this but i'll slack on this and no you you got to put your mind to it and follow it through. That's one thing my dad always told me growing up. Once you commit to something, that's it. You're committed. You don't walk away until you've got what you want. And I've always been like that my whole life. I just never took the weightlifting as serious until I realized, man, I am getting kinda heavy. Right. You know? Uh which I guess two fifty ish at six foot tall isn't too heavy, but when you're considering it's all uh bad calories from alcohol and jack in the box and all the other garbage food that 60% of America eats nowadays. uh, Yeah. It gets pretty bad, you know, pretty quick too. And you don't even realize it.
1: Yeah. I want to really dig a little bit deeper though, because to me, like people say this all the time, and this is one thing that I'm really struggling with. So maybe you can help me with this, but people say this all the time. Like, Hey, you just have to commit to it and you have to have a plan. And then eight months go by and magically, you know, you've transformed your body. To me, it's like every day. Mm -hmm. struggle like oh yeah i didn't i didn't lose the weight i wanted to lose on i might just say screw it right oh i say hey you know one donut's not going to make a difference until i find myself eating three four five six every day yeah Uh, (laughs) and then people tell me this all the time like you've got to want it right and so maybe maybe i just don't want it bad enough and it gives me this idea like i'm like i'm a total douchebag like, well, because I, apparently I just have no willpower whatsoever. Because everybody else just says, "Hey, you just, you just need to want it." I mean, someone told you that, "Hey, you're getting a little chubby," and next thing you know, is you lost seventy pounds. To was that enough for you to say, "That's exactly
0: what I want"? I mean, well, coming from him, I mean, I've I've known this guy. Um, so this was a pretty intense conversation. The the guy, my best friend, the guy who told me this, I've known since nineteen ninety eight. So going on almost 20 years now, um, first day we met, just, you know, we had that click, you know, hey, I get along with you, cool. And it's, you know, fifth, sixth grade, you know, going from private school to public school. But anyways, that's beside the point. Um, coming from him, it, it really meant something to me. You know, if it had been the average Joe Blow on the street or just an acquaintance that I met, you know, I'd be like, whatever, dude, you don't know what you're talking about, you know. But coming from him, you know he's not going to say it, say it unless it needed to be said. Like, and he's known me for so long that I've never got let myself get that out of control as far as how much I was drinking, what I was eating, and how I treated my body. And so that's what that's what really set it in for me. It was I, mean, I need to make a lifestyle change. And uh, I got we went back to my grandparents' lake house that next day after he told me, and I saw my son because we were down here for Thanksgiving. He was with his uh, grandmother and great grandparents, and I was like, man. I need to make a change for him, not only myself, my own health, but he's going to need me around 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years down the road right. to be there for him and, and set a good example, you know, cause, and that's kind of what led me to start the process of this whole thing. You know, when you're coming talking about setting the goals or you got to want it, you, you got to be committed, but you have to also be realistic about it. You know, you have to make a, an action plan, you know, okay, I want to lose this amount of weight, or I want to grow this amount of muscle by this certain time period. And you, along the way, goals are meant to be adjusted. You know, in my opinion, you don't set a goal and it's finalized. And things are going to change along the way. You know, something's going to happen. Whether you got a death in the family or you're getting a wreck, so okay, now I got to readjust my goal. Instead of this time frame, I'm gonna make it this. But you got to stay uh, true to it. You know, you got to hold yourself accountable as far as Okay, if I slipped up this day, I need to do this to make up for it. You know, I saw a thing on uh, Facebook the other day. That was it was on one of those gym junkie pages. I don't know. It said uh, for every Snickers you eat, you should run a mile, 1.37 miles, or stuff like that. You know. So and th- and that was another thing I did. Uh, if I took like a cheat day and ate like two scoops of ice cream or three scoops of ice cream or knowing me half the gallon because I love ice cream you know that next day we, I'd go run the dog or me and the kid would hop on our bicycles and go for a ride or you know I was always trying to counteract to to stay on track but be realistic about it like you can't you can't stay on that path forever you know your body still needs some of that bad stuff in there right of course you know so it's, it's okay to fall off track as long as you you maintain your mentality of okay this is still where i want to be right at that time period but would you also say i mean
1: i'm i'm, I'm trying to 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 put myself in the position so major lifestyle change and moved my son you know three hours to a totally new 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 city and new people new, that was new scary. environment that was
0: pretty scary I so, so
1: exactly so, so i mean you have to find a place you're looking for the right school. You, you know, where you have expenses. You got, you got, you got tests that your kid need, needs to prepare for. School projects and there's all these priorities. And somewhere in this list is going to the gym. It I suppose it would be fairly easy to say, hey, like you said, I'm I'm trying to do this for my son. My son is is the most important thing in your life. I suppose. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so you can say, Hey, you know, do I go to the gym or do I help him with his homework? Do I go to the gym or do I go to the parent teacher conference? And my wife's a teacher and so I know a lot yeah. of, a lot of parents do not prioritize their, no. their children at all. Not at all. And it would be easy for them to say, yeah, I'll go, you know, to CrossFit and just drop my kid off at the neighbor or something and just so that I look good or that I am, you know, quote unquote healthy. But at the end of the day, you you, you had to really beyond just setting the goal you had to also prioritize your life yes yeah to, to fit that in
0: he's he's always been priority number one always will be everything else is is uh secondary um, well i take that back we've always put god first my child second everybody else is third and i put myself last like my own needs should never come before my child's or God's needs or you know even some of my really close friends I'll put their needs far ahead of mine when it comes down to it and anybody that truly knows me knows that's exactly what I'll do um, but when it comes down to him you know and prioritizing how I'm gonna make that effort to get to the gym every day it's just all about planning it out you know I, I organize my day by the hour you know being an account manager I work sales all day so I drive around and and talk to apartment managers all day long and have to be playing a court stuff okay i gotta be here i gotta be there but you know in, in the end my, i'm fortunate because my boss is very flexible with me and realizing that i am a single dad you know i my mom lives here his grandma but you know she's got a full-time job too you know she's all traveling every week in a different city for her job so um the gyms always come second to him and his needs. So if he's got homework or a project due, we're going to get that done and then go to the gym. Or if it's mostly done, we'll go to the gym and do it when we get home. Right. You know, right before we go to bed or whatever. Uh, he's always been uh, very patient with this adventure.
1: Have you, have you talked to him about that, too, and how important— sort of your personal health is and why the, why the gym is important to you. does he understand that?
0: Oh, he under, Oh, he, he more than understands it. He's, he's just like me. He's a spitting image. Every cell that I possess, he possesses. He, um, he's very, he's understanding. smiling over there. Yeah, he is pretty cute. We'll have to take a picture. Um, but you know, there's times where he's like, he gets frustrated. Oh, I'm tired of going to the gym. And, uh, so I'll have to come up with something to do as far as if you go to the gym with me today so I can get this in with, and, you know, work on my goal then we'll go swimming tomorrow. You know, there's always, you always, you got to find that common ground, you know, especially when it's just the two of you, especially two males in an apartment, you know, and, uh, so it's a trade-off, you know, he does a lot of stuff that he doesn't want to. I do a lot of stuff that I want to as a parent, but as an adult, I'm like, a 28 year old adult, I'm like, man, you know, what am I doing here? (laughs) You know, most kids, most guys, people my age are just now getting their career started, not even worried about marriage or kids, or they're worried about growing their bank account and getting established in life. And I'm like, I'm already here, you know, um, this is what I got to (laughs) do.
1: So, so if, if, if you had, if you sat in a group of, of, of parents, and maybe i'm sitting right next to you and i'm fat and frustrated but i'm here for my kid i'm making as much time as i can i'm just barely making ends meet and and i talk to you and you say, hey you should go to the gym and i said screw you man i have no time i'm i i'm, I'm, I'm just barely getting by i'm just Sort of holding on. Well, I wouldn't. I don't have time for that, or I don't have the the energy for it, even. Right? What would you tell me? Like, to what can I do to, to to perhaps just get started on this? But what is the? What do you think is the one one thing that I could do to get out of this this trap that I am in? Well, from your experience,
0: there's the old saying: uh, a body in motion will stay in motion, while a body at rest tends to stay at rest. Saw that on a TV commercial a long time ago. I was Like, man, that's kind of it's kind of powerful, right? You know, but it's it's actually absolutely true. You know, um, if you're gonna have not lazy habits, but just you're not you don't want to create that extra time. You're tired all the time from work and your kids, then you're gonna continue being tired all the time. You know, whereas if you're an active adult, you're out running, bicycling, walking your dogs, um, you know not only just dropping your kid off at their sporting events or whatever but getting out there and practicing with them you're going to be a more active person you're going to have a a better sleep at night because you've been more active during the day um and you're going to have the rest that you need to conquer what's thrown at you the next day you know uh and that's that's kind of the key you got you have to get the rest you know you can't mentally let yourself overload you have to have an exit, or a—I uh, don't know what I'm trying. Like a punching bag. In, in theory, you have to have some way to take out that stress like a or that pressure negative, relief, yeah. Some negative re- energy in your body, you know. And for me, that's the gym. For a lot of people, it's the gun range. For some guys, it's riding a Harley down the back roads of the hill country. You know, whatever, whatever it is. You know, just me personally, I enjoy going to the gym. You know, I, I enjoy putting my body through pain, and I feel like that's the best release of negative energy for me, you know, and I'll I'll always try and get somebody to do that because you're just only prolonging your life by taking better care of your body, you know, and, but if that's not what you want to do or that's not where you're at in life and that doesn't interest you, Hey, by all means, I'm not going to hate you for it. Right. You know, I have no personal, uh, I'm not going to judge somebody on how they want to live their life or the way they look or, Anything like that? It's just, in my opinion, wrong to do. You I
1: think I think I think that's that's important, right? A lot of people think that if they go to the gym, they're going to be judged, right? They say i I have to lose weight before I can even go go to the gym because I don't want anybody to laugh at me or I don't want to look out of place. And here's all these super fit people. Here I am, you know, chubby, you know, curling with the five pound dumbbells. I'm sure everybody's going to laugh at me. But you, you,
0: you got to start somewhere. You know but the the prejudging and the uh, profiling that people say goes on well all these people go to the gym regularly they're big and buff they're just gonna make fun of you for being you know short and lazy and overweight that's not the case man oh, okay some places you might go there's gonna be those select few groups of people that are just egocentric a-holes but you know someplace like where we go Metroflex nah, everybody welcomes everybody we don't care what you're there for, if you're there just to throw some weight around or if you're there to compete in powerlifting or bodybuilding or or strong, man, you know, it's just the big family. you got to support each other. But, you know, there's always going to be those arrogant people out there. You just have to learn to, you know, let them hate. Right. Let the haters hate. <laughs> I, I have to go back to my first couple of times of Metroflex
1: and, and Ed and I talked about this in our interview as well. I was terrified. I was literally terrified because I had no idea. Um, it was just convenient. It was a convenient place for me to go. So I picked it. Right. Plus, you know, my my previous trainer, Ivan, went there. So right. I followed him there. But of course, he's not always there. right? So I'm just walking in. I, I know nobody. But what I noticed was that I think the difference between this one and just a run of the mill gym is that in that gym, people are so focused on training they don't have time to judge you no. that's how that's how i feel not at all is that is, does, yeah. would you agree with that i came
0: from golds and uh, golds
1: everybody just kind of hangs around and people yeah. walk around and they have so much time there and worried to, about to, what you have on and exactly you know if your
0: outfit matches your hat which matches your wristband which matches your headband like you know it's like lifetime oh my gosh the first first couple of days I was here I went to Lifetime because my mom's a member there and so you know and I walk in I'm like this place has got like a hair salon and a Starbucks and a pool and like they got nail salon in here like what is this this isn't <laughs> a gym this is a country club you know and and then so I was like I told my mom I was like I can't go back there. I'm just going to go join Golds. Like I found a group on got like 3 months for 30 bucks. I was like all excited. I was like, "Yes, I found a steal." And Golds was a little bit better. You know, Golds was very cliquish. You know, you've got your your swole people over here and your 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 kids over here that are just like in high school and want to pose in the mirrors <laughs> and see how how big abs they can get, you know, and attract all the girls and Then I met Ivan one day, actually at my apartment complex. I was checking the mail. And uh, I walked back to the truck, and my son looks at me and goes, what? I was like, did you see how big that dude was? (laughs) I was like, that dude's ripped. And uh, he comes walking out. I was like, hey, bro, where do you lift at? he was just like, Metroflex. I was like, well, they have one of those here. He's like, yeah, it's just right down the road, you know? What do you mean? I was like, I just moved here. You know, we got Metroflex all over the place back in DFW. We got one in Fort Worth, Arlington, and I think Plano. There's Metroflex up there. And uh, he was like, come on over, you know, I'll I'll get you in and get you a day pass or whatever. And I was like, all right, I might check it out. And it took me two or three days. I was like, man, that's a pretty hardcore style gym. Seeing that's where, you know, some of the greats have trained, Branch Warren and all them, Uh, Johnny O. And uh, it took me a couple days to build up the courage to go over there. But I walked in the door and I was like, man, this isn't so bad you know, nobody's matching over here. Nobody's, uh, walking around in $200 outfits to go to the gym. Everybody's sweating their butt off with no AC. I was like, this is kind of cool. You know, old, old weights. not necessarily old, but you know, they've had, they've been abused. They hadn't been babied and, uh, treated with, uh, antibacterial wipes (laughs) after every set, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even use my day pass. Lou walked up to me, talked to me and, I was like, just go ahead and sign me up. <laughs> you know, I signed up that day, and uh, he was like, well, where are you at now? I was like, Goals, but I'll be canceling that as soon as I leave here. This is, this place is awesome. Loud music. not a, That's not Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber playing, you know, and I've, I've been there ever since. Made a lot of close friends uh, there because that was literally the first people I met when I moved here uh, was at Metroflex.
1: So – to me, that sounds like community and being part of a of, of, of a team of people also helped you, perhaps.
0: Yeah, it's more it, just a it's family up there. To you. you know, that um, took me a while. I worked out on my own up there, probably three four months, maybe about three months before uh, uh, I would met, talk to Mitch one night. Uh, I'd seen him at a a bar in Cedar Park, and I was talking to him. I was like, "Hey, you know, what, what does somebody got to do to start potentially training?" Because I see everybody here trains for something, uh, whether it's physique or classic physique or bodybuilding, powerlifting, or uh, they're athletes on some sport team. I was like, well, you know, who would I need to talk to to maybe potentially start growing towards that uh, competition style?" And he was like, "Well, you know, you can talk to these couple people and..." And I talked to Chris Green at first a little bit, and you know, kind of asked for some pointers on my diet. You know, this is what I was doing at the time, and and um, then Ed approached me one day, and we talked. We started talking. I was like, you know, I'd maybe consider want to consider, you know, getting buying a program or getting some one on one training. I'd like to maybe st- potentially do a physique show. Um, and from that day forward, it's just been nothing but hardcore work. <laughs> like I had no idea what I was signing up for at first and it's been a rough road (laughs) a lot of pain right
1: right what i'm what i'm trying to think is going back to the example i had earlier so so you tell me you're telling me about how i will feel in the future if i do this yeah right a friend of mine um my old football coach told me this one time because he he lost a lot of weight and he's totally ripped now too and he said man if if everybody could experience how I feel now for just one minute, nobody would be fat.
0: No, the right? personal, the personal satisfaction of, uh, getting where you'd like to be or, uh, what you had originally set out to do of, Hey, I want to lose weight. I had no intentions of losing like 70 pounds in eight months. Man, I was so skinny. um, but just jumping on that scale, and then I was like, holy crud. The time just went by. I completely lost track. You know, I was like, man, it just feels like a couple months ago, I was pushing 250, barely able to butt my jeans. And uh, now here I am, and I'm going to have to buy smaller jeans. Jeez Louise. <laughs> you know? Uh, the, just the the total mentality change that went on. I was a much happier person to be around before I was just grumpy all the time and tired and didn't want to get off the couch. And now it's just like, Hey, let's go do this, you know? And even my mom's seen a drastic improvement, you know, just morally cause now I'm more social than I was back then. And, um, you know, just, I don't know. It's just all about satisfaction for me personally.
1: So, so, so take me a little bit back to some of those moments where, or maybe things weren't, weren't going so well for you. And, and, and I, I'm trying to think of, of, of people who are at this position right now in their life. Right. And they might be listening to this right now. They 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 should make one thing, one, one, one decision at a time, perhaps just yeah. not, not to think about. I, th- I think to me, the idea is people have this end goal in mind. Right. Uh-huh. So there's the, just this conflict right dan says coach dan says hey if, if if you could feel how i feel right now for just one minute you would get off the couch immediately and you would start losing weight because that's you would you would want to do that right but then you have people who said i'll never look like this they, they don't believe in themselves they're, they're depressed they're down their their life is coming down on them they like, say i don't even have energy to to get off of this couch let alone Get in my car drive to to the gym and work out and come back they, they don't even get to this point and it? it's so far away just they're probably trapped in their own body even even if they're just looking at this goal as being so far and unattainable that they don't even get into motion what you said earlier right what is the one thing that you think they could do at that moment to to pull them out what what, what energy what they need or what would they get energy to, to, to make that first step? What would you tell them? Did you have a moment like this?
0: Um, not necessarily, but being a, a, a semi spiritual person, um, I always recommend praying about it. You know, uh, you can get all strength through God, you know, regardless of what it is, whether you're don't have the strength to get off the couch, you know, uh, he'll find a way to help you through that. Um, whether it's just simple prayer or call somebody for a little bit little bit of motivation, you know um, the, there's always got to be something in somebody that makes them tick and be like, man, I can't deal with this anymore. You've got to hit that rock bottom. Uh, and for somebody that hasn't hit that rock bottom and decided to make that change, you know sometimes that's what it takes. You got to hit rock bottom where you have nothing left. You know I had gotten there. <laughs> Couple times in my life where it was just like, I don't even know what I'm doing in my life anymore. I have nothing. Um, you know, six years ago, seven years ago was one of those time periods. Uh, I had just moved back from Odessa, Texas to Fort Worth. Um, was was valeting cars, met a girl, moved in with her <laughs> pretty much in like two weeks. <laughs> it was insane. Um, And we hit some hard times right there in the beginning of our relationship where we were just like, we come home, didn't have any money to pay electricity, you know. And you're just like, you hit rock bottom, and then you're just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't live like this, you know, on the verge of being kicked out on the street because you couldn't make enough money to pay rent, you know. And at that time period in my life, yeah, I had one of those little wake up calls, but it was more just like a spiritual wake up call and a mental wake up call, like, you can't live like this anymore because back then that's that was before I had custody of my son and I was just doing everything I could to make my child support payment Um, and that's all I cared about was making sure that I paid that so he was able to be taken care of and and at that time period that was my wake-up call because I'd hit that rock bottom and I was like I gotta start turning things around and just one thing after another get a better job start paying your bills get a better place to live get a better job because now you can't afford the place you you got to live in the better neighborhood so you get a better job you know um, but you, find your go-to p- person uh, would be my best piece of advice for somebody looking for that motivation to get off the couch or motivation to do whatever they want with their life you got to have a board of advisors as what is what I call it and I used to teach this to my guys when I had my marketing company back in, in Arlington Um, You have to have your close-knit board of advisors whether it's two or three people your go-to people for for support and motivation Uh, Whether that's uh, your grandparents because that's who raised you and or your best friend or your sister a combination of all of those people, you know Um, and Get you a board of advisors together of close friends that you don't mind telling anything to and and talk to them Uh, I know I've got mine Uh, there's probably about nine of us guys in this group that we've known each other our whole lives and you know we have a lunch we barbecue once a month Uh, it's been a while since I've been able to attend because I live in Austin now Um, but every month we meet together and we talk about what everybody's going through and and what what the others can do to help you know motivate them or or push them in that direction that they're trying to head And that's been a huge, drastic change for me ever since uh, we kind of started doing this about a year ago, I want to say. it's Spiritually, mentally, financially, I'm in a whole lot better place now because I have somebody to go to. Hey, you know, I'm I'm struggling with this right now. You know, what can I do? Or uh, If anything, I'll just pick up my Bible and start reading. Right. (laughs) You know, God always has a way of drawing you to what he needs you to see at that particular moment. Right. I, th- I think that's really, really
1: powerful. There is perhaps something else that, that, that I would think of, um, and I, I, I forget what the website is, but there's a website okay. that you can go to, to talk to certified counselors. They're total strangers mm-hmm. though. Right. Yeah. So some people say, I don't want to, you know, Be- bother my friends or my family with, with, with this sorrow that I'm carrying around. I don't want to share that especially in, in the facebook community now and this so, oh, yeah. social networking where everybody's projecting how awesome everything is
0: that's also fake <laughs>
1: that, i think there are some some resources now for people and i might look that up and put in the show notes just to say sometimes it helps to talk to a perfect stranger too right and say, yeah. i will never see this guy this yeah. li- i will never talk to this lady again ever they might They but they're trained or to be a counselor, and they don't have—they're not invested in you. They don't know you, and so this is sort of this instant, um perhaps, what do you call it—a Snapchat version of, of 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 this moment where you can just open up and say, "I feel better now," and I can—I I, didn't—I'm I, not going to go back to my friends. I remember two weeks ago, you know, I just had a nervous breakdown, and it, it's perfectly okay. But I—I th- I think I think at the end of the day, you, you have to open up though about it, right? I mean, you have yeah. to—you have to share your emotions
0: yeah my mom and uh and my ex-wife both used to get on me because i never shared my emotions well enough um i still don't to a certain extent but you got to talk about it sometimes you know you can only you can only bottle stuff up for so long before you explode uh it took me a long time to learn that oh my gosh i would bottle things up forever and ever with my parents especially is that
1: also because maybe you're trying to be strong for your son where you're saying, I can't show any weakness. I can't show weakness to my son. I can't show weakness. To oh me. yeah.
0: Is, is yeah. You can never, you can never, in my opinion, let your kids see your weakness because they turn, they turn to you for strength, you know? Um, and yeah, I think I've, I've built up that tough skin to where I, I feel like I don't want to ever hit see him to see me struggling.
1: But because of that, maybe that's why you sort of, you trained yourself not to emote that and, and, and open up because maybe you're,
0: you're just trying to be strong no, I was all the trained time. a lot earlier on with uh, the dysfunctionality of my family <laughs> to, to bottle that stuff up. Um, but it, it's, it's made me realize how having my son has made me realize the communication factor and in, in talking about your issues, not bottling them up has been a huge factor um i mean i'm you know i'm not ashamed i've gone to a few counselors over my life just for certain things here and there you know um i got sent to rehab when i was in high school and that was a that's where kind of the whole you were forced to talk about your issues okay you know Uh, well they call it a christian treatment center not a rehab i'm sorry um but it, it now looking back at it, I realize the importance of it of all those things that I went through as the the treatment center, the rehab, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I realized the importance of why they try to get you to communicate what was going on inside of you and how you felt. Um, I just wish I would have realized it back then. <laughs> right. You know. So I mean, don't be ashamed of going and talking to a counselor, or getting online, or going to a church or a psych a psychiatrist or uh, whatever those things are called shrink you know (laughs) right don't be ashamed
1: no that's i I think it's very powerful to say you need it's okay to say i need help right and but at the same time i think what i think what i'm trying to get to for me and what i see a lot is um, to some people germ is is something they loathe Mm -hmm. right it's associated with a broken body image is associated with a necessity uh, to it's constantly pressuring yourself to lose weight. And, and and a lot of people communicate that also constantly saying, Hey, i worked my ass off, just like you said, and it's sw- sweat, tears and blood. And I think I think for me, and maybe to you, I, I'm, I'm interested in your opinion on this. But to me, the gym is much more than that now. It was always about losing weight or, you know, getting stronger. But now it's it's more about. um, It's almost like a sanctuary. I I know Trey talks about this. Yeah, he He talks about the the sanctuary, right? So this idea like this is the one place for me where I can be when I have no guards, they say the, the 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 steel doesn't lie, right? They say you know, 100 pounds is always 100 pounds. They don't lie to you. No. Either you pick it up, or you, or don't. you don't. No. Right. So there's no perception. There's no um, projection. You can't fake it, right? No. Either you push it, or you don't. Pretty much. Right. And so to me, to me, it's like this 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 um, something I almost look forward to to say I didn't do this yesterday, but now I can. not And oh, there's yeah. this, as opposed to. I didn't work out hard enough so i didn't lose the weight you know that's right. kind of the transformation that happened for me and as soon as i like switched to that it didn't really matter anymore i mean no. you, you're still you're still sort of chasing these goals i guess yeah you know you want to compete or you want to lose weight but at the end of the day to me it's a lot more than i don't know a place to lose weight it's a family almost people know you right people oh, yeah. people call you out and say i haven't seen you in a long time where's your fat been? you know come back we, we miss you or Hey, you know,
0: that happens on a daily basis. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, same thing. You know, I remember it took me, I tried pulling 500 on deadlift. I don't know how many times I failed and failed. I saw that Facebook. You
1: you, you just, you just completed that. You just, you just succeeded.
0: Yeah. About what? Two months ago, two and a half months ago. Maybe awesome. Failed and failed and failed and failed and failed. Just couldn't get it. No matter, I think, and it was all mental. I was just psyching myself out, um, and Ed just kept saying, "Don't worry, you'll get it. You're getting stronger. You're getting stronger. You're getting stronger." I remember that first time I pulled it for one rep. I was like, "Get excited!"
1: That's awesome. That comparison. feeling,
0: and then um, I missed it like two or three weeks in a row. After that, I couldn't pull it again, and then uh, we jumped up there one day, and and Ed Ed came over, and you know, I was like, "Hey, we filmed this. I'm I'm gonna get this." Sh- today it's I'm not, I'm not getting me down again <laughs> and then we were and pulled it for like four reps three or four reps when i was only supposed to do one and it was just like whoa where did that come from that huge burst of just just pure willpower came out of nowhere and just overtook me i was like you're gonna get this
1: that's awesome
0: i was like you got two to do and i think we did four i can't remember three or four and then uh you know now three four weeks later pulling five fifty, like you, you just got to set your set your mind and let let your muscles and take over you know and it's all about that mind muscle connection yeah and that's taken forever to learn right um i can't remember who always talks about that but uh, your mind muscle connection
1: so this in what context would this come up for people who don't know what what that what that means what do, what do you say
0: um hmm. It's hard to explain. You just got to feel it. Um, for me, at least, because I have hardly any experience compared to some of these guys out there. Um, but for me, I learned learned where that was is how sore I got the next day. You know, as far as hard as I was contracting or or focusing, you know, I learned I had to take the music out of my ears. You know, a lot of people walk around the gym; they listen to music and their headphones and all that. I didn't get anywhere that way. because I was so sidetracked because I love music. I'm all the time sitting there jamming around and dancing <laughs> in the middle of the gym. And people are looking at me like, this dude is wild. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, I'm having a good time, you know? But, uh, as soon as I took that music out of my ears and really started focusing on that particular muscle that I was hitting, like on back, really just contracting that and individualizing that deadlift all the way up, not just, that rolling through the motions as a lot of people do. But, you know, when you're trying to train and, and work towards uh, you know, potentially competing one day and, and growing in the sport, you gotta take that approach. You can't just go in there and roll through the motions. Right. Uh, you gotta take it slow and steady and, and rep 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 by rep. You know, it's not come in here and just throw the weight around and go home and eat again. You you really gotta focus on what you're doing while you're there.
1: Right. I, I think that's an important point. And something to, to maybe also f- for people who are struggling to even get started is to think about where in life do you really have control over everything you do, right? In, at, at your job, people tell you what to do, mm-hmm. right? You don't have control over that. You don't control how much money you make, if, whether or not you get a raise. It's your boss saying that. Um, in the gym, you are in control, you're in control of how much weight you put on. You're in control yep. of, of, of how many reps you're gonna try. If you short yourself, right? You are like I said that the weight doesn't lie, right? No. So, so at the end of the day, you can cheat and you can you know do whatever you want, but at the end of the day, there's no there. There's you can't no. fake it. No. Right. But but at the same time though, you cre- you can create these constant successes for yourself. I remember when I first started working out seriously. You have that 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 bench where all of the the dumbbells are yeah right and we were doing like everybody like i was like, i don't know 24 but everybody wanted big bicep or something mm-hmm. so you start curling right and you start on the left side with the with the tiny weights and at the end of that summer i had worked all the way up to the right of course these are is like some tiny gym right nothing like metroflex where you have like 200 pound dumbbells but still every day you know you, you just focus on the task at hand and you move up as, as as you can
0: yeah but
1: looking back i was like holy crap i worked my way all the way from the left side of the gym to the right side and my i'm curling you know whatever that poundage was it doesn't really matter but i think it was really powerful to see i created that success for myself there was nothing magic about it it was nothing no no luck it was just you know grinding you earned every and, second of right. it
0: you know uh you earned every pound
1: yeah. Cuz I think a lot of people have that 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 viewpoint to say I if, if I were to go to the gym then I would have to bench press 220 or or something but it you know, would you say that that matters or you
0: no, not not really. Not if you're in an environment like we're in, you know. Um what matters is you're doing what you can do. Um all, you you are in control yourself. Um and that's that's it, you know. I mean, bench press has always been my weakest area. I hate doing chest. <laughs> I hate doing chest with a passion. And everybody, everybody loves chest day. When are we hitting chest? Monday, National Chest no, Day. Come it's on, not chest. I'm day. like, whatever, dude. When are we gonna hit some squats? Right. Let's hit some deadlifts. Let's get some like hard work in, you know. Um, and still to this day, chest is still my weakest area. I'm working on it, but uh, I'd much rather do. Squats, deadlifts, everything that everybody else hates, because it it is a lot more painful. You know the the soreness, the the weight. That's such a large muscle groups. You know, um, plus you don't want to be the the birdman walking around with this huge upper torso <laughs> and you know these little frog legs down below. Right. <laughs> In my opinion, I mean, I don't want to be recognized as that. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> people
1: play towards their strengths. And there's, there's, like I said, if, if you have never been to a gym, all everybody associates the gym with, you know, the bench press. I think it's just just how it is. I, I think...
0: And then you get places like Planet Fitness that don't even have a bench press. <laughs>
1: so, so what do you think of those? I, I, I mean, we have, I guess, a little bit of a renaissance going on where now all of a sudden it's CrossFit and... and functional gyms and all this. this. What do you think of of places like that compared to, you know, maybe more traditional weightlifting, what what you're doing? Um, Have you tried any of these these places before? No,
0: I I refuse to only because, I mean, I I was a little sports guy kid growing up. I mean, I played hockey, played basketball, played football, played golf, played soccer, uh, baseball at one point. I mean, I played everything growing up. I have terrible knees, terrible ligaments, just from beating myself up as a kid. Uh, when I was 16, I got diagnosed with the Osgood slaughters, which is basically where the, the the tendons tear away from your knee plate, from basketball and soccer and football all my life. And so watching these guys, I, I was watching those CrossFitters at the Ronnie Coleman this year when I was up there, um, and they had a CrossFit competition. I'm just like watching these guys, and I'm just like, oh, my God god my joints would be killing me after all these off after these movements with just poor form and the jerking and the ah man it looked painful to me but you know that's everybody's perspective right you know they look at us and they're like oh my god why are these guys squatting 500 pounds you know my thighs would be killing me yeah they're gonna kill you but that's what that's the good part (laughs) (laughs) you know um I mean, I've never tried it, so I guess I can't really hate on it much. Uh, just for me and my body type and my body condition at this point in my life, I don't want to risk tearing anything else up. Broken too many bones to be jumping around like that. but yeah. and I, of course, everybody
1: think, uh, thinks of CrossFit, but I think there's also other places now where people are experiencing you know new new ways or experiencing their, experiencing their bodies in new ways. They go to, like, places where there's maybe yoga. Now there's yoga, broga, I guess is what they call it. It's, like, for guys, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. My mom uh, you know, <laughs> a yoga studio. Uh,
0: don't get me wrong. I've done I've done yoga. I've done my fair share of yoga, only because my mom had a yoga studio up in Flower Mound for many years. <laughs> okay. And let me tell you, that that stuff's actually extremely challenging. Yoga was, oh, my gosh. Like, the, the mental... Uh, The mental strain that you got to go through just sitting in that same position, forever. It's uh, imagine doing a pause rep on squat or something or or bench press or whatever. Where you you work out with Ed and Ed trains you, so you know Ed's had you do the pause on the bench for 60 seconds and then you press. Um, But you're holding. Just imagine doing that pause at the bottom for an hour. (laughs) Nine. you know just the the stretch and the strain of the muscle it was actually really challenging i was not able to keep up but that's when i was extremely out of shape and riding a crotch rocket everywhere i went uh but now I, I give those guys some respect it's not something i enjoy doing now just because i don't like sitting in that much quiet for that long uh yeah no it's too much too much quietness
1: for me yeah i i think i i think for me um one of the things that intrigues me in places like this, is this idea of being in the moment. I think you mentioned that earlier, sort of your mind-muscle connection. Mm-hmm. It's important when you're trying to bench press, but I yeah. think it's that, just that mind-body connection that you experience in places like that where there's not loud music, That's true, right? And you have to really slow yourself down, right? Yeah, you, you just focus f- on your breathing. You just and... focus on like very simple tasks. I mean, practicing being still for example like you be just meditation for example just the idea that you're not moving for once you move all day long so as soon as you get up you move all day long until you go to bed right but for the, for the idea to to consciously slow yourself down and not move and and practice just
0: being still uh, that's good for uh it's really good for veterans uh if you're struggling from ptsd whether you're in the military or not you know uh, is to Is to go try that out, is to get that yoga, and you or just have that quiet time. Uh, I know my mom started a, a yoga class just for veterans suffering from PTSD. That's awesome, and uh, it just it helped them out so much. Just to slow everything down and clear their mind, and not have to worry about the struggles of everyday life for that hour. You know, a lot of a lot of people grow out of that. You know, instead of going to the VA and getting force-fed pills of Xanax or whatever they want to give you for whatever condition you're suffering with, um, you know, in that aspect, yeah, there's there's a lot of beneficial gains from being in that type of atmosphere. So if you are that uh, person that's struggling to for the motivation or the energy. And you're depressed for whatever reason because your boss is a a a-hole, or um, they yell at you about their reports, like on office space. Um, You know, definitely try something out like that out first. You know, just to clear your mind and and have that escape. Um, That's my house is that for me. My my mom always taught me at a young age: your house is your place, your home is your place of zen, your peace and quiet. You know, so when I go home, I try not to talk on the phone. I I still get on Facebook all the time, but uh, I try not to text message or call anybody while I'm at home just because that's my my escape from all the the craziness in this world that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, especially in Austin with all these drivers down here that can't drive for anything. (laughs) Um, You know, so that's a good point is what you got there.
1: So I, I I want to switch gears just a little bit and now we talked uh, a lot about um, and I want to come back eventually to to your ultimate goal but um you mentioned earlier you mentioned sort of your your connection with uh with God and faith and then you also used the uh, the term zen which is is probably it's, it's, it doesn't come from Christianity, though. So I'm, I'm, I, I, what I'm trying to, to, to get to is of this concept of karma um, that I'm really struggling with, right? So okay. I grew up Christian, okay. right? And I came to Texas where people live out their faith a lot more mm-hmm. than oh, yeah. in, com, in other places I've lived before. And I sense that you get a lot of strength from your faith, right? And you, mm-hmm. you probably get a lot of support from your faith as well, whether that's church or, you know, scripture or whatever. And now I'm I'm struggling more with this concept of karma right where I say look you're in control of, of your destiny right you talk to a lot of people um, Christian folks that say you know you just have to let go right God will provide for you and God will, will pull you out of this He will pull you through give you the energy whatever um, and I'm thinking thinking if I if I mess up, my karma is going to be bad right i have to control i have to try and be in control of what i'm doing all the time trying to avoid mistakes trying to be a good person sort of pay it forward right live live that and say um i i'm for example i can't expect you know some higher power to prevent me from eating that donut (laughs) it's it's like it's 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 a stupid example but you you know what i'm trying to get exactly Right, I have more this concept of like, yeah, you know, if I eat shit, I have nobody to blame but me. I can't mm-hmm. sit here and say, hey, God, you didn't help me. I'm. I have more of this concept of karma, and but to me also, I think sometimes things happen over and over and over again, bad things for a while. I'm like, man, I had first I lost my job, and then then I broke my leg, and then someone ran into my car, or whatever it is, and people. Over time, lose that faith. I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? They they say I'm just I just I just attract bad, bad luck, and I have this karma. and Therefore, there's nothing I not, nothing I can do about it. I guess what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to get to is, is is um, do you do you feel like that's when you say you know your your faith is helping you is that that's helping you with, with with through those those things? Do you believe in in the in concept of karma at all? Do you feel like this is something that uh, that plays into your life at all, or no? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a Christian concept. That's why I'm why I'm trying to the, the difference between different belief systems and, and, and what 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 that well how uh, that connects
0: you. Me personally, I'm a realist. You know, I, you know, I came from a Southern Baptist upgr- upbringing, went non denominational, um, got baptized non denominational, but there's also a part of me that understands uh, science and. And history as they say but uh, you know what's the old saying for every action there's a reaction you know um, and that's pretty important because you know because you do this yes something's going to happen this way it's just in my opinion destiny you know you can't go on doing bad thinking bad and expect good things to happen um and but I I take kind of the approach of, of both sides in my life. The, the faith-based, you know, let God control it. You know, God's not going to put you through anything that you can't handle. And I firmly believe that 100%. He will not give you anything on your plate that you're not going to be able to handle. I mean, crud. I got my, at the time, three-and-a-half-year-old thrown in my lap, Thank, thankfully. I was not ready to handle that at 22, 23 years old, you know, um, by myself well at the time I was with my ex-wife but um, he knew I was going to be able to handle that and I did it was tough there was times where you know, you'll know you take two or three steps backwards but you just got to take that first step back forward um, you know ET Eric Thomas the hip hop preacher he's a motivational speaker behind uh, uh, Tony Robbins and uh, Zig Ziglar some of the other greats out there but he said that uh, it's okay to fall down. It's okay to fail. But if you fall down, fall on your back. Because if you can look up, you can get up. I like that. And uh, that stuck. With, I remember the first time I heard that, that stuck with me. I was like, all right. That's a powerful yeah. statement. I like yeah, that a lot. You know,
1: uh, you, it's okay to fall. But if, if you if you do fall, make sure you fall on your back. If you can look up, you can
0: get up. Exactly. I like that. And uh, Man, that was just like... That made so many things in life clear to me. I don't know why. Such a simple statement just from a motivational speaker, you know, um, that millions of people around the world have heard. But there's always going to be that one thing you hear that that clicks with you, that was meant for you to hear. And, uh, you know, I've fallen down, lost my job. had a kid at 19, stupid stuff. You know, my kid's not the stupid stuff, but... uh, you just have to look forward and realize the positive will always outweigh the bad. You know, if you're doing positive things, giving back, stopping on the side of the y highway and helping that random person change their flat tire. You know, simple positive things in your life will will lead to more positive things in your life because you're going to have that outlook of uh, just having a PMA is what we used to call it in my old uh, marketing company is positive mental attitude. You know, um, don't surround yourself with neg balls as we call them. Uh, Shelby will hear this and know what I'm talking about, but, um, you know, the people you surround yourself and the, the, the way you act and, and treat other people in your life is, is going to eventually be how you're acted towards and treated. It's like the golden rule. What was the golden rule growing up? Do to others as you would want others to do unto yourself. Uh, you, Christian or not, it's just about being doing good, right? You know, whether you are Christian or atheist or Jewish or Muslim or whatever your faith is, you know, you just got to be the best with what you can do, or with, with the cards you've been dealt. I guess you could say, you know, you can always change your hand at any time in life. Um, but it's going to be up to you to do it. Nobody's going to hand you a million dollars and say, okay, go retire. You know, you've done good. You've worked 365 <laughs> days straight, you know, whatever. But, uh, I, I think that's pretty important to know is always look for the positive and the future and everything. You can't change the past. The past is already gone. Uh, the present's here, but you can't change your future you know, there's not much you can do in the present besides doing the best you can. Right. And and believe in a good karma. Yeah. I believe karma will come back and bite you in the butt. I've had it happen (laughs) to me many a times.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I am just talking about this. Perhaps if I had, if I were to go back to this imaginary self sitting on the couch, being depressed and worrying about, you know, the future
0: money problem. Right,
1: right. I think I think one of the one of the advices I would would give them would be to say, help somebody. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Just just the the idea of giving the idea of, of, of assisting others. That feeling that you get can be sometimes that trigger to to change the way you think about yourself. Right? Oh, yeah. I, I think that, that if you if you would bring massive value to other people's lives, that the energy will come back, and that is like I said, I'm, I'm struggling with that because I don't think that's a Christian concept or any faith concept at all. I just believe in that. I, I, I do believe that that you know you, you every no matter where you are in your life, you can you can. There's always someone that's worse off than you. First of all, oh, right, yeah. right. Number one. So unless unless you're a thousand pounds and bound to your bed and can physically literally not move. Even then, you could pick up the phone and counsel someone, right? And or or, or, lis- time, or just listen or something. But
0: yeah, you get, there's people, those stories on Inside Edition all the time. You know, the six seven hundred pound woman that lost four hundred pounds. You know, like if if that person can do it, so can you. Right. Like, there's no excuses. I mean, if, if I mean, not to bring this guy up, but look at Jared from Subway. Yeah, he's off in jail for doing dumb stuff now that I, I really don't want to say because my son's sitting here. Right, but, of course. Um, <laughs> just play your game. Uh, you know, look, he walked He walked to Subway every day and ate a Subway sandwich. And Look how much weight he lost. And there's no reason that some you can't do it. Right. There's no reason in this world unless you have no legs, no arms, and even then people are still in the Olympics with no legs and no, no arms. Right. You know, it's like the old saying: excuses are assholes. Right. Everybody's got one. Right. You know, you're just <laughs> you're creating excuses to. I find more people create excuses to not do something than to do something. Right. You right. know, um, my uncle told me when I was thirteen, fourteen, maybe. He was like, he was like, nephew, look. He's like, 90% of the world don't give a rat's ass about your problems. The other 10% are damn glad you have them because it's not their problem. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> All right. That's the one thing that's really stuck with me my entire life because he was so serious. My uncles, My dad and uncle are twins, and they're like the most serious, intense, aggressive guys you'll ever meet in your entire life they're, they're, ran- they're <laughs> cattle ranchers they grew up on a freaking huge ranch outside of odessa texas fixing fences and climbing windmills at three years old four years old you know they didn't have a choice but um that is interesting yeah you know, and, and that's and that's 100 true you know you can go out there and talk about uh this on facebook and that on facebook and how many likes you get or this is going on in your life or this happened and you know, like you and I were talking not that long ago. My, I bought a new truck and it broke down four days later. Stupid dealership sold it to me with cracked heads and this, that, <laughs> and the other $10,000 repair bill. You know, I, I can't remember what you were talking about, is, but um, that day, and we, were, I think we were texting or talking in the gym, but it made me think of that. You know, like, my problems aren't, nobody else cares about my problems. They're my problems for a reason. Right. You know, Um but, and I didn't make any excuses for it either. My mom, my granddad were furious. They're like, you just spent $20,000 on a truck. Now you're spending 10,000. another dollar. We told you not to buy that this. That. And I took it like a man and figured it out, paid for it. I didn't have $10,000 to spare. <laughs> I was a single dad, you know? Um, but you got to stop creating excuses for yourself. Cause if I would have sat around and moped and complained and, 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 And got on Facebook and social media and started bashing this company rather than making an action plan to figure out how I'm going to fix this and continue on with my life, I would still be in the same place I was then. Right. No truck, no job, no money. My mom got me that as a shirt when I was 15 years old. (laughs) But I think the shirt said no job, no money, no car back then. But, uh, you know, I didn't create excuses. I handled my business and you know you just got to look at it you wake up and you go to work every day why do you go to work so you can pay your bills right but what's easy to do is easy not to do it's just as easy to lay in bed and go to work late and get fired but it's just as easy to wake up at your first alarm and not hit snooze 13 times like 97% of people do Uh, they say when you wake up in the morning if you wake up on your first alarm the first time you wake up you stay up you'll have more energy through the day simple habits like that, that, uh, that can help people change that mentality. You know, it's like the Navy seal talks about, uh, the importance of making your bed every day, that discipline, that structure in your life. Uh, I won't let my son come eat breakfast unless his bed is made, you know, and he does it before I even get out of my room in the morning time. He's already got his bed made and ready. So, um, Just think about that discipline and structure in your life, and stop creating excuses and and doing dumb stuff. Right. I
1: I think you bring some bring some something up. I want to talk about real quick. Um, The idea of of passing on, you know, knowledge to the next generation. The idea of 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 creating um, a legacy. I mean, that's what you're doing, essentially. You know, your dad, that live video. Uh, yeah <laughs> and you're you talked about that right and, and oh yeah and, you, and, and the importance of, of of passing on what you know to to the next generation um how important is 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 that to you to to teach your your son values what are some of the, the things that you want your, your son to do what are some of the values you want to pass on to your son that are like most important to you
0: um you know i'm a, I'm a pretty strict parent you know i don't my dad was always pretty strict with me, um, and I look at some of the the youth nowadays out there and see all the, the cowardly, idiotic stuff that goes on in our world. And I want my son to realize, you know, structured discipline, faith, and determination will take you farther than anything in life. And you know, we talk. He and I talk about it all the time. Heck, he listens to motivational speakers with me all the time on on uh, Pandora and this, that, and the other. And he loves it because he, he's always asking me questions about it. And if you ask my son what he wants to do when he grows up, he's like, well, I want to go to the Army. I want to finish what you started because you had to get out. And I'm like, well, you know, that's great and all, but, you know, looking by the time you're able to join, where the heck is the world going to be at? As a parent, that's pretty it's pretty Yeah, You know, um, but I, I just want to prepare my son to be out in the world with the best, Of my mistakes. I have him, I can teach him what not to do because I've already been through that path. You know, my parents were very much the opposite of forcing me to go to church, forcing me to be in uh, sports, forcing me to have those good grades. And I finally said, enough. I hit high school. I was in private school my whole life. I went to public high school and then I just said, forget this. (laughs) Threw my hands back and relaxed from then (laughs) on out, you know, and uh, I don't want my son to be like that so I kind of give him the options to do certain things like Bible study every night he has that option if he wants to do the Bible study then we'll do a Bible study if not awesome we'll go to bed and we'll just say our prayer um, he has every choice to play any sport he wants if he wants to I'm not gonna force-feed him anything because I don't want him growing up knowing that he had to do something I want him to be able to make that choice for himself even though he's nine i'm still gonna push him to do certain things of course but uh he he understands the concept of of action and reaction um we had a pretty tough time when we first moved here because new school eight nine years old and going from a charter's pub- private school to a public school down here um, you know, got in trouble, got in fights, had to sit in his room and write sentences. <laughs> <laughs> you know, got a couple spankings here and there for lying about certain things. But, you know, he's changed drastically just in the time period we've lived, made this move because we got away from so much other stuff that was going on in Fort Worth that uh, I'll kind of leave on the back burner. But um, I feel – that it's important to have that. What's the word I'm looking for? Guidance. You know, I, I don't picture my relationship with my son as like being his friend or being his dad. Just being a mentor, uh, I think, is more important. You I was know? going to
1: ask you about that. You mentioned that earlier in the importance of mentorship.
0: Yeah, because yeah, um, my dad was just my dad was a dad. You know, he yelled when he was supposed to. Uh, He applauded when he was supposed to. Sometimes, Um, same thing with my mom. You know, she was harsh on me, and then she was prided me on other stuff. But they, neither. I don't feel my parents really mentored me and taught me certain aspects of life that you know you get to adulthood and you're like, dang. Now there's some of it that you look back and oh, they were referring to it in this way, but. Uh, you know, the church that we went to, I went to Sunday for Father's Day with uh, Ivan and John from the gym was just, they spoke words of just wisdom. Oh my gosh. I hadn't been to church since I've been here just because it's been nonstop. Find a job, work your butt off. Cost of living here is so much more expensive, but um, they really, the, the, the sermon was called I Choose and they gave out keys like blank keys with the uh words i choose on them and uh the pastor was talking about it's your choice to raise your kids the way you want to raise your kids whether that's in a christian home or an education style home where it's nothing but school and knowledge and college and this that and the other but you have to wake up and choose to be that parent every day you know you're kids don't know anything other you got to set them up for success and it man it struck me hard I don't know why I, I went home that day and ended up doing a Facebook live thing which I've never done before um, and about it and had some pretty cool and interesting reactions from people you know uh, I didn't think I was that interesting to talk talk about certain stuff but some other people thought otherwise I guess but you know, one of my main points in that video that I did was not just leaving behind money or cars or houses or material possessions, but leaving behind a legacy and knowledge for your kids. Not, not do as I say, not as I do. Uh, my parents followed that rule, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. You, you have to lead by example if you want your kids to understand what you're trying to get across to them. Um, And that goes in any aspect. That goes in business, that goes in management, you know, and uh, your personal life with your friends, you know. But most importantly, your kids, you know, you have to lead by example. How how are you going to ask somebody to do something if you're not willing to do it yourself? It just doesn't make sense to me. Right. You know, that's just in my opinion, the stupidest thing ever. I'm not going to ask you to go jump off a bridge if I'm not willing to do it with you. But there's a lot of people out there that are like that. Right. You know, um, and I, my son understands that. He does wholeheartedly. You know, I ask, he and I talk all the time. I'm like, you know, do you, do you not like going to the gym with me? Is it boring? He's like, no, you're working towards something, Daddy. I, I like enjoying seeing you lift those weights. And he's like, you're getting strong. I'm like, I'm not really not that strong, dude. Oh, yes, you are. I'm like, not compared to a lot of the people out there, you know, I'm still, you know, a tiny, tiny dude, you know, 2'11", 2'12", at six foot tall. But my heart my motivation is greater than anything, and he sees that. And the more my son sees that, the better he's doing in school, his grades. Um, Not to throw too much information out there, but, I mean, my son was a, a victim of a little bit of child abuse, physical, mental before I had custody of him while I was trying to join the military and all that. And it set him back so far mentally, education wise, just because of uh, certain things that he didn't learn in the time period that uh, my ex wouldn't allow me around him um, because she was retarded. But that's another story. And I've spent the last five years catching up with him. Mm-hmm. You know, when I took custody of my son he was three and a half years old Um, I mean we had to call Fort Worth police to go after we got the court order I mean and didn't know his full name didn't know his birthday I mean she had literally just vanished off the planet earth and wouldn't let me around him and in five years we've caught him completely up I mean we've financially just killed ourselves on tutors at Sylvan Learning Center and, and extracurricular stuff to get him where he is today and the satisfaction i see in him grow is more satisfying for me of course than him that's amazing you know he's like fantastic he he hates it but he's like man i don't want to go to summer school i'm like but you're right there bro you're not going to struggle anymore you know the the first three years uh, uh, because we held him back in first grade just because he was like right there on that line of going ahead and struggling the rest of his life or just bite the bullet and holding back he's he's he was seven at the, six, seven in first grade right? And they're not gonna remember that when they're older. I don't remember anything from when I was six, seven. I have a little flashback stuff, but uh, now it's I mean his reading has improved drastically. His teacher wrote a note at the end of the school year this year it was like I don't even recognize this kid anymore. He has grown spiritually, mentally, so much in just one school year of us changing cities and stuff like that. Uh, now he's getting ready to go into third grade next year, which is scary as a parent because your kids are getting old, it means we're getting old. But uh, it's it's very satisfying seeing that growth and development. That's awesome. You know, that that makes you your son's hero. Yeah. You know, I, I look at these parents out there on Facebook, and they're out drinking and partying and dropping their kids off. Who wants to babysit my kid? And there's this concert I want to go to, like maybe you should just like go to the park or a movie with your kid and talk to him every once in a while. Not worry about what you're going to do with your friends that weekend. You know, th- some of the friends that I've developed down here, they all know I mean, kid comes fr- first, you know, if I can't, if my son can't go with me. I'm just not going to do it. Right. You know, there, I mean, there's going be situations. My mom takes him usually on Friday nights, lets me at least have a night off. Um, and even then, I don't even go out. I'm like, sit my lazy butt at the house because I am tired. But, uh, you know, it, it just sucks to see all these kids out there lacking parents. You know, they, they have nobody teaching them. They have nobody to look up to. You know, my grandfather is one of my biggest idols and, and probably mentors in my life. He's not even my, my biological grandfather. He's my mom's stepdad. And he's treated me more like a kid, like his own flesh and blood than anything and of anybody I've ever interacted with in my entire life. And uh, But he also taught me a lot of valuable lessons, not just words-wise, but in action as well. And you know, I think it's important for for our youth growing up to have that influence in their life, whoever it may be, whatever right at your church or uh, at school or a sports team or ideally you yourself as the parent, you have to be active and involved in your kid's life. And if not flip on the news and you'll see a million reasons why Right. get on Facebook. I mean, they call it bullying now, but when I was back in school, we called it hazing, you know, has, has it gotten a little out of hand nowadays compared to back when I was in school? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, nobody was threatening to go and pull a gun out and, or stab somebody back then. You know, we settled it after school on the playground. Or, hey, let's go meet me across the street behind Central Market, and we're just going to box this out. I mean, but we shook hands, and we walked away men. And we were best friends after that. I couldn't tell you how many fights I got in in high school. My mom was constantly getting a call. <laughs> and it seemed like every time my dad was just around the corner eating with his buddies at Railhead Barbecue in Fort Worth, Texas, Right off the thirty of Montgomery, and every time we, my mom picked me up and we walked in there, my dad'd be like, "Did you start the fight?" I'm like, "No, he swung first, but I finished it." And my dad's <laughs> like, "All right, we'll sit down and let's eat some barbecue," you know. And those are the those are some of the good things that I really loved about my dad. You know, we, we don't really talk much anymore. We had a falling out a while back, but um, he was always he always saw the importance of the greater picture, not just. Oh, you got in a fight, you're grounded. You know, was there a reason for it? Well, yeah. Dude slammed me against a locker for no reason, or dude was picking on me. You know, and a lot of these kids nowadays don't do anything about it. They just sit there all bottled up, and they don't talk to anybody. They don't communicate their feelings. They don't tell anybody what's going on in their life, and then you get these kids walking into schools with guns and going on these mass killings and... Getting all these people like in Florida last week or whatever it was. I mean, you know, why are you gonna? What's the point of going off and just shooting a whole bunch of people that choose to live their life a different way? That's because that person, parents didn't teach and install the good habits and beliefs in that person. Right. So it all boils down to that. You as a parent need to install good quality beliefs. Right. You have to spend time with your kids. You can't let them bottle up all these emotions you have to get him to talk to you It's t- it it took forever for my son to talk to me he would never talk to me about important things like how he was feeling his emotions he would always talk to he would talk to a woman but he would never talk to a man about it he would love talking to my gr- my mom about it but now he and i talk and we're in a much better relationship and i know that i will never have to worry about my son going and acting a fool and running up to somebody and just hitting them for so for no reason i remember there's game it was called the uh, the knockout game. Yeah, I heard about that. Oh my it's gosh, just it's randomly. Oh, god! Randomly, yeah, just run up and hit somebody for no reason and run off. Yeah, like what are you it's doing, a, man? A fight club. <laughs> it's freaking 2016. Right. You know, like we can't be doing this stuff anymore. Right. I, I I think I think it's important. I I,
1: I didn't I didn't grow up with a dad. Right? I I didn't meet my dad until we, I was 18 years old. So I I. I really struggle with this concept of mentor especially like male father figure kind of because right. I didn't I just didn't know what it was and and I can speak from experience about the importance of you know having a hero in your life yeah right? because when you don't have that you make it up you find heroes in your life whether whether or not it's your family member and if that's not there or they don't give you what you need you find other heroes yeah whoever it may be exactly and so i got lucky i had you know i had really good teachers and interestingly enough i moved to the states and left a lot behind and now i have like five dads people who i who i'm really close to now and I'm, i'm eternally grateful for that but i i know that I was looking for that hero in my life someone you know it's it's, it's bizarre now because I I, I talked to my you know my father-in-law is awesome like great guy um and I have two because my, Michelle has you know father and stepdad but I didn't know how to fish I didn't know how to shoot a bow I didn't know how to hunt I didn't know how to ride a four-wheeler I had no idea how to do this kind of stuff right and and it was embarrassing, almost <laughs> to yeah. some degree. But I, I think what I'm, what I'm, what I'm get to, it, what I'm getting to is, is that that people don't realize how important it is to be hero for your, for these kids. Because if you're not, they'll find, they're looking for that. They'll find a hero, and it might just be someone who radicalizes them and say, hey, you know, it's it's these people's fault that you feel this way, and so you should should do X, Y, Z, or maybe maybe they just the wrong friends because that's those become the heroes or they join a gang or that those are their heroes now right someone that that tells them what they want to hear which is we care about you we we teach you something uh and they if you're young you can't tell the difference between right or wrong you, you just pick this up because you you're accepting that whatever's being taught to you at that moment just yeah. you're, you're so eager to learn you're so you're hungry for for information, for for skills, for experiences. You'll just soak it up anyway. And so I think it's important what you said about making sure that you're there, being that being that person that con- controls sort of what what your son picks up.
0: Yeah, because I mean, honestly, uh, I mean, my dad left. My dad walked out. I was 15, fifteen, sixteen, Some were going into high school. He, he left. He. My parents got divorced. And uh, I never really knew why. I just knew him. woke up one day and he was gone. And uh, my dad's got degree, college degrees from TCU, UT. You know, he's a very smart guy. I'd never seen the guy work a day in my life. He's he's lived off of our his oil rights and mineral rights from his uh, our family land. But uh, when he left, I mean, he left. We were supposed to uh, the court said had to do every other weekend and every, every Wednesday dinner and all that. And that just didn't happen a lot. So in high school, I, I when I got in trouble so much is cause I was looking other places exactly. kind of like you for, you know, that guidance and that, you know, that father figure. And a lot of my close friends back then, you know, ended up kind of taking me in and, and their parents, their dads right. started kind of becoming that person. And, uh, I still remember my dad showing up one day and kind it was a Wednesday or Thursday night hey come on we're going to dinner I'm like no I've got stuff to do like I haven't seen you in months um and you just expect to show up here and take me to dinner you know I don't know I'm cool and he was like get up and come on and I was like you know what you know if you weren't so busy sucking your lures you know and you cared more about raising your kid then you know i wouldn't feel this way and i'll never forget that old man walked over and just clocked me oh wow. right on the side of the head and we ended up brawling right there in the middle of the living room wow. and my mom cops came and all that and but you're they're always going to look for uh, that void to fill that void in their life you know so when my dad left and didn't come around and shows up one day and I'd, I'd already filled that void exactly through you know my friends' dads because they understood and they kind of took me in and uh, you know John Duque Sr., I still call him to pops to this day you know uh, my best friend Daniel his dad was always a big influence because he was a military guy very stern very disciplined told you he didn't he didn't shoot no shit you know he told you what it was and at the time that's what I needed to hear you know so uh, if you're not giving it to them they're gonna find it somewhere else. It's kind of like the old exactly, and that goes in your relationships too. You know, uh, if you're not paying attention to your wife, she's gonna find that attention somewhere else. You know, it's the same concept. Um, so don't don't let your kids look other places to fill that void. You know, because once you lose them, you they're gone. It's so hard to get them back. You, can, you know, because I look at me and my dad's relationship now, and it's it's never been the same ever since then. Right, I can imagine. Um, I mean, I. I went back to live with him my senior year in high school. But uh, as soon as I graduated, I graduated half a semester early in high school. And as soon as I graduated, I, he kicked my ass out. Bye. <laughs> Bye, have fun in the real world. No money, no no car, no job, no nothing. See you later, kid. You know, I mean, my own dad didn't even show up to my high school graduation because he, he expected me to be such a failure and screw up in life. Uh, that he made other plans and went on vacation or something. I don't even remember why he didn't show up. Um, but later on, another thing that kind of led me to be the person I am with my son today was, uh, about six months before, uh, Jonathan, my son was born. Uh, I'd gotten in a fight with my ex and gone over to talk to him about it, you know, cause he just lived right around the corner at that time period. We were semi-social, um, and he we we're standing in his front yard and I'll never forget I just, I can't remember how we got on the subject and uh, and what we were talking about specifically and he was just like well, why do you think we're nothing alike cuz you know I got tattoos I like driving nice big trucks and sports cars and motorcycles and drinking back then and all that and my dad's completely opposite of that you know and I was like well I don't know and he was like well it's cuz I'm not your real dad and I was like, what the hell? Freaking 19 years old and I'm just now hearing this? Like and I was like, there's no way. And I'm like, dude, I've, my son, I've got a kid about to be born in six months and you're going to unload this on me? Wow. And I mean, I didn't talk to my mom for a couple of years after that because uh, he had told me that she had cheated on him and that he knew who my real dad was and that I'd be a proud man of who he is. And I'm just like, whatever, dude. Like, He's <laughs> wow. not here you're not here anymore. Now I understand why he was like, yeah, I told your mom I'd stick around till you were 15. And then I was gone because I didn't want you to grow up without a dad. He's like, and I held my word 15 and I was gone. I was like, well, that's pretty shitty. You can't just check out on your kids. You can't like say, I'm going to be here for this long and then see ya, you know, and that day, no one that I had a kid on the way at uh, well, I was 18 at the time. Yeah, I was 18 at the time because he was born May and I, would, I turned 19 in February. Um, I decided from that moment on I would do nothing but make sure my child was taken for care of. His every want, his every need, uh, regardless what it was, whether it was school or, or relationships or health or nothing in the world would ever put be put first over my child regardless of what it was this bodybuilding adventure that i'm just starting or um back in the day i went to school for motorcycle mechanics god i wanted to be a motorcycle mechanic and race motorcycles like nobody's business but i was young i was 22 23 wanted to go fast ricky bobby style (laughs) um but none of none of the other stuff ever matters the hunting the golfing the bodybuilding, the, the food, nothing else matters other than what your kid needs, in my opinion. And in my opinion, no, there's very few parents or adults out there like that nowadays. You know, more, unfortunately, more male figures are taking on the role of full custody of their kids now. Uh, I drastically think a child needs his mother in his life to show that nurturing and compassion. 'Cause you can ask my son right now, I'm not very nurturing and compassionate. I, I try to be. But if he comes in with a cut on his finger, I'm like, Whatever, dude, go rinse it off and throw a <laughs> band aid on it, go back and play, you know, like toughen up. And then of course grandma comes running in, oh my gosh, you gotta put antibiotic on this. Whatever, dude. Let the kid learn. Let you know, let the scar heal. But uh it's, it's just it's dumbfounding to me. You know, uh, my boss, uh, Kim, she, she's a good example of, of a great mother. She, you know, from, I haven't known her that long, you know, since I moved here, but, um, just seeing and hearing her kind of her story about raising her son on her own. And especially back in, you know, he's, he's 20 now. So it's still pretty recent, uh, compared to the grand scheme of things, but you hear like yourself, you know, you're, you're a little bit older than me, Mark. You know, growing up in your time era without a parent in your life, it was uncommon back then. Mm. You know, and nowadays it's a, it's an everyday occurrence. You know, one of my uh, property managers, uh, she uh, boyfriend took off on her. Left her with two kids and pregnant with one other one. And I'm just like, what kind of person does that? Not only do their spouse, but their own children just take off and You know, it's just not fair to that other person to have to take on that burden of of raising a child by themselves, or let alone three children. You know, there's people out there raising four or five kids by themselves with no other adult support, right? And uh, that's just not fair to the kids. Forget the forget the adult; it's not fair to the kids. No kid should ever have to go through that, right? You know, the Bible says that that children, toddlers, infants are the most Purest thing on the earth because they see they don't know a difference between good and evil. Right. you know uh, They the Bible says that, you know all children will go to heaven because they don't they don't have a, a Rhyme or reason to justify good action or bad action. They're just you're pure. They're happy They have no reason to be mad and they don't have any bills to pay <laughs> You know, they don't have to worry about what kind of clothes they're gonna wear that day They just get waking up and taken care of Right. And, uh, I think that, uh, that's a very important lesson to take away for anybody listening to this is regardless of where you've come in your life, what you've been through. I mean, me, I'm 28 and tatted up, done all sorts of stupid things in my life from alcohol and other illegal things. Uh, you can always turn your life around right. and become a better person spiritually, physically, mentally financially, if that's what you're concerned about, you know, I know 98% of the people nowadays are all they care about is how big their bank account is, you know, and I mean, I still live paycheck to paycheck right now. I got a little bit of set aside, but uh, you know, I'm not, don't have a huge savings account, but you know, spiritually and and mentally I'm happy with where I am in life. Right. Yeah. Do I wish I had more money in the bank? Do I wish I was driving a nicer car? had nicer clothes to wear nicer job you know i love my job unfortunately i work for a company that we get hated on but <laughs> uh you got to be happy with yourself before you can be happy with anything else and your kids will see that right they are a direct reflection of you absolutely
1: i, th- I think for what i what i would say is and like i said we talked about comma earlier and um, but I think I want to turn the corner there and just just um, close it by saying one thing that you have to look forward to just speaking of experience is when you pass that legacy on, you you there's so much satisfaction and so much p- so much peace that comes from that. yeah my my dad had an episode three years ago where you know, pretty severe fall to the point where he was confronted with with, uh, <laughs> uh you know, was, you know, almost you know, there was a chance he was going going to pass away from that, right? And and I think it shook him into reality of this this of his of the possibility of him passing and not having completed certain things in life, and it sh- it it tears him up. I think. Yeah. And and I am just like you. I moved on. Like I said, I have many many people in my life now that I call dad and. You know, I have a friend friend in Florida, one of my best friends, you know, his dad, when we go to dinner, you know, he, he's with his three sons now. He's like, yeah, I got my three boys with me. And my dad will not be able to say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like You have that to look forward to is the idea. It's like you, you've you done the right thing. You You've Your karma in that sense is good. Right? You... Plus, you'll get so much satisfaction from when your child grows up to 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 thank you for it and to pay you back in in ways you
0: wouldn't you you can't even imagine now. And I think the greatest payback is just one day when he's grown up and and in his life, just looking at how successful he's going to become is going to be pay ma- pay back enough. Right. you know, um, and I'm, I don't
1: mean payback in sort of paying debt. It's more um, paying. Return on investment, right. maybe is the right, right term, oh, right? Yeah. To say, like when 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 you get to see your, your son graduate, when you get to see your son get married, and when you get to see your son having you know a grandson or whatever. And it wasn't until my dad turned eighty that where he he experienced that, and and it's it's tearing him apart, right? But it's
0: not my fault. I can't. I mean, I'm not blaming. No. I'm not blaming anybody for it. It's just you that's want, how it is. You don't want to wake up one day on in hospice on your deathbed and right. be like, man, I should have done. Makes all sense. this differently i should have settled this a long time ago and you know I, I tried settling everything that's going on with me and my dad a long time well just recently really my best friend got on my back about it and was like hey you need to try and mend this relationship with your dad you know you all used to be close and then you fail it failed apart and you're close and you fade apart and now you haven't talked in three or four or five years all right and i reached out and tried my piece said my piece hadn't gotten anything back out of it so whatever cool you yeah. know i'm content with where i'm gonna be exactly. at you know because i want to succeed and no matter what i do right. um you know quick quick story uh eric back on eric thomas um, was telling this story about a guy who uh, wanted to be successful so the, the guy decided to go to a guru because he saw the gurus making all this money and had this nice car and this nice house, had this hot wife, you know, and all this. He said, I want to be successful. I want to, I want to know what you do to get where you're at. He's like, you want to be successful? He's like, meet me tomorrow morning at the beach at 4 a.m. He was like, man, at the beach, 4 a.m.? I want to be successful. I want to make money. I want to go for a swim. So he shows up to the beach the next morning at 4 a.m. Dressed in a suit and tie, ready to go. Got cologne on the whole nine yards. And Guru, Guru's like, you ready to be successful? And he's like, yeah. He's like, walk out under the water. Boy, I should have worn board shorts and a swimsuit, you know. So he walks into the water about waist deep. And uh, Guru's like, go ahead and walk out a little bit further. He was like, man, I, I thought you, you was going to be teaching me how to make money and become successful. He's like, you want to be, make money and be successful? Go ahead and walk out a little bit further. So at this point, the guru's joined him, and water's coming up. So right about their mid-neck, their Adam's apple area. He was just like, you really want to be this successful this badly? He was like, yeah. So the guru takes the guy and it slams him under the water and holds him underwater. <laughs> guy's flailing all over the place, struggling, trying to get above water and just catch catch some air and he pulls the guy up after a few seconds he said now when you were underwater what were you thinking about he was like i was just trying to breathe he was like when you want to breathe as bad as you want to succeed then you'll be successful you know and you can put that i take all these little things all these stories these coins these notes that i find these these quotes and Phrases and stories and all that stuff. And I put them together and try and think of a way to uh, realistically apply them in every day-to-day to life. You know, I want to succeed at being a father. I want to succeed at potentially getting on stage and, and doing a physique show or classic physique or maybe getting on the bench one day and doing a powerlifting meet. Um, you know, but you have to want it as bad as you want to breathe in order to get there. Right. And unless you're willing to put that much energy and emotion into it, you'll, you'll never succeed fully. You might have success, but having success and succeeding is two different things. Right. Two totally different things. You know, I've run a successful marketing company. I've successfully conquered. I don't know how many, sales achievements that I've set out to do because my whole life I've been in sales. But being truly, truly succeeding at being a parent has been the biggest challenge of it all. And you'll never be done. I mean, I'm 28 years old and my mom's still teaching me things. Right. Uh, bless her soul. For putting up with my ass all these years. i surprised she hasn't had a heart attack yet with all the dumb stuff I've done. But, um, I know she's she's satisfied with seeing how well i'm doing with my son and and that makes me realize how satisfying uh i will be one day when i see my son growing up right. in my position
1: yeah very very awesome very admirable i think maybe one thing i would say just from the outside looking in and you've you've been you've flown you know that right They say they say hey in the case of lack of oxygen you know put the mask on yourself first before you you put it on your child you stupidest
0: you've, thing i've ever heard <laughs> on a plane but, say. I,
1: but I, i i i want to s- say that though i think um my perspective is that it's okay though of course now you, your son is small and you 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 carry huge responsibility and he can't really function without your constant supervision and help that i get that i i'm just saying with regards to the the, the show it's okay sometimes to 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 prioritize your personal goal, because so that other people, including your dependents, can celebrate that with you. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So the, just to be that hero, right. It's one. It's one thing to say my, my, my son comes first for no matter what, right. But I I, I followed a lot of um like extreme sports people recently, right. And you ask yourself. How much of an egotistical asshole was this guy, to where he spent all his money, all his time to I don't know, sail around the world or climb Mount Everest? And um, just recently, is one of those those pivotal moments where they say, "Look, you you know, just because you're doing that for yourself doesn't mean that people can't celebrate that with you and can't can't love you for it." Does not make sense? Yeah. Right? So the idea that they enjoy for once you doing something for yourself and achieving something that you've set out to do and just being happy for you and celebrating with you and being their hero to where they say, Hey, that's my dad or my, my husband or my father or my son. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I think, um, I just want to, want to perhaps wrap up by, by asking you sort of, you know, coming back full circle to, to the show, um, what's what's next i mean of course the, the the idea that you're training now and it's getting more more and more rigorous but in an, in a year two three years where where do you think this is going to go where what are some of the goals maybe if, if you didn't have if, if you weren't in any of these situations right and that we've discussed what is the the one thing that drives josh where he said this is one thing i want to accomplish
0: um There's a, there's Be selfish a, for a moment. Just yeah. say the, what What is it? You, was your dream? Um. I'd love to. Uh, love to make it to a national level. You know, I've never really done anything in my life worth bragging or boasting over. You know, as far as never had like a really big achievement. You know, I didn't go to college. I went to college, but that lasted about a semester, and I was like, forget this. You know, I don't have that college degree. I don't have that. Uh, whatever achievement, you know, from my company or work for a company for 10 years, uh, I've never really done anything worth value in my opinion, other than being a parent. And and I had to explain this to my mom. She didn't, she furious because of how much time I spend in the gym sometimes. Um, but for once I'm actually doing something for myself. Exactly. Not just my kid or my family or girlfriend or spouse or whatever you know for once i'm doing something for me right. dang it and I, i'm gonna take it as far as i can you know if that means that you know i have to sacrifice and and build some more and wait to wait till next year to get on stage you know as ed says uh, patience you gotta have time to grow uh you know a lot of the greats that uh, have been doing this for so long that are just now getting on that pro level you know they they spent years of preparation and I'm prepared to spend that if not longer to get where I want to be you know I'm not out trying to come the next Ronnie Coleman or Jay Cutler Dorian Yates or you know any of those legends basically but uh, I definitely like to take it as far as I can you know I'm not going to go out and do all the unnecessary illegal stuff to get there, you know, but, uh, like a lot of people do nowadays. Um, but I'd like to take it to a national level, create a brand for myself and, and make something of myself to, to be proud of and to look back at 60, 70 years old and be like, I accomplished that. Right. I want that satisfaction of, man, you see that? That was me back in the day you know where are you at right what have you done with your life right um yeah
1: i, th- I th- and i think that's 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 really important for people to recognize it's, it doesn't make you a selfish egotistical jerk by 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 saying that it's okay it's okay to chase really big goals there's a lot of people including myself who would cheer for you and you achieve that and it's something you share just like you share knowledge it's just like you share that legacy is that you share your accomplishment with people say wow i know this guy like for example when when ed goes on stage what, two weeks from now and he becomes ifb pro days. 10 days you know i'm not gonna say he's an egotistical ass. I'll, I'll say this is awesome it's my trainer yeah you know? and I, I will be happy to celebrate that with that so i would encourage you for sure to to you know allow yourself to prioritize that for that reason right, right. To, to 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 because i think people need heroes yeah they see hey, if he, if he can do it I can do it
0: exactly you know learn o- learn off of my actions not my words <laughs> exactly
1: know. really really powerful stuff I have I know I know you probably need to take your son home and to go to sleep but I have one thing I want to ask you let's do it I have these cards here okay um, and you just pick three of those okay one at a time and just read the word and say what comes to your mind okay so, don't
0: think about it just just read the word out loud. I heard. I remember you and Ed doing this on y'all's. So here, try it out. Right. Jonathan, yeah. come here. Pick three of these cards for me real
1: quick. <laughs> hey, Jonathan, come help. Come help. You've been so, just, such a good, such a good trooper, cards. man. All you gotta
0: do is just pick three.
1: He's picking right. one card.
0: There's one.
1: We need two more.
0: Two. One more.
1: He's picking the The most difficult words, I'm sure. Um,
0: Knowing him, yes. He likes to see me awesome. Thanks,
1: Jonathan. That's awesome. Thank you.
0: All right. So, who? <laughs> oh, this is going to be entertaining. So, I just.
1: Jonathan, you picked really good cards.
0: Good job, man. Yeah, you did. <laughs> All right. So, card number one is fear. What do you want me to what, what am I doing here? Whatever comes to mind. Fear. Um, I fear failure, honestly. Um, I think I'm more scared to fail at something than I would be satisfied to achieve something. And for me, it's just because I've, I've failed at so many things in my life. I hate that disappointing feeling. Um, and there's not a whole lot that I'm, that I'm fearful of other than, you know, the devil's harsh ways and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I've, I've done some pretty stupid things in my life, so being fearful is not one of them. You know, I'll go out and do anything anybody asks me to, I don't care what it is, whether it's flying on the highway at 200 miles an hour on a crotch rocket or, you know, going in and. Uh, being scared to pull 500 pounds nah, but my fear of failure of not doing that is what scares me more. Cause then I'm going to have that regret later back on in life. So yeah, that fear of failure, that would be mine. Kind of stole adds a little bit, but not really. <laughs> um, envy. Ooh, this is a good one. Envy. I envy people that are more successful than me because I want to be as successful as possible. You know, look at, uh, for instance, like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or somebody like that. You know, they, they've gone out and achieved what they wanted to achieve in life. And, and I envy that because I want that success. Um, so it's not on a level of I despise or um, jealous of them, not at all. But uh, I envy their success because I want that same success. And finally, pain. Pain is a good thing, in my opinion. No pain, no gain, right? Um, There's going to be times in in life where everything's painful, whether it's going through a divorce or raising your kids or um, getting in car wrecks. But pain is only temporary. You know, pain's not gonna last forever. Granted, there's certain stipulations to that. Um, you get in a car wreck and you have no feeling that's gonna be painful for the rest of your life. Uh, but uh, I've always taken pain as like a, a lesson learned not to do that. You know, my dad asked me when I was a kid, when I was a kid he was fixing the uh, stove top, a little, little air vent on it. He was like, hold this wire. But don't touch it to anything because it'll <laughs> shock you. And so, what do you do as a kid? You touch it to something. <laughs> and I remember that pain. I was like, I'd never want to do that again. <laughs> you know. But then I thought of it. I was like, man, that only lasted for a second. That wasn't that bad. But uh, you got to take take pain as a lesson learned. I think because uh, you can fail a hundred times. All you did was learn a hundred ways not to do that. That's awesome.
1: I think that's a good point. Good point to end in. Well, I I uh, just can't thank you enough for for coming out today and, and talking to me and opening up a little bit and sharing with us your story, which I think everybody who listens to this will say you're a you're you're a hero already. And uh, so thanks thanks for coming out and doing that. I really, hey, really appreciate I, I
0: appreciate it, it. It's been fun. I kind of ramble on a little bit about random stuff. Hey, flaw of having ADHD and OCD at the same time. <laughs> um, <laughs> But everybody out there just, just remember and reflect on some of the stuff we talked about and whatever you do in life, get excited about it. You know, uh, that's kind of like my coin phrase is get excited. You know, I talk about, it and I say it every day, multiple times a day and people who know me in the gym. And so I tell myself that for every rep, get fucking excited, <laughs> you know, so get excited with about what you're doing with your life and who you're impacting and. Y'all have a good night. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the Android Strength Podcast with your host, Mark Mulzer. We'll catch you next time.